You've heard the saying that cleanliness is next to godliness, but is there any truth to it? One study says yes. With a look, here's InfoTrack's Taryn McCall. Taryn? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Katie Lillianquist. She's an assistant professor of organizational leadership and strategy at Brigham Young University's Marriott School of Management and lead author of the study titled The Smell of Virtue. Now, before we talk about your study, I just want to establish, Katie, you did not receive funding from Windex or Mr. Clean or some other commercial (laughs) interest, right? No, we didn't. There's actually a CVS pharmacy right by the Northwestern campus to my colleagues, Chen Bojong and Adam Galinsky are at Northwestern. That's where I was a student. And when we started this research, we just went across the street and bought it. And that was what was readily available. So tell us about your study. We were looking at the ways you can regulate behavior through just subtle cues in the environment. As an ethics researcher, there's tons and tons of findings coming out almost on a daily basis of saints turned sinners and all the moral trespasses people make, but there's very little about what can promote virtue. And so we had done previous work that looked at the tight association we have between cleanliness and morality. So people tend to equate physical cleanliness with moral cleanliness. We thought, well, I wonder if we could actually regulate through the environment people's ethical choices. And we did that through clean sense and found out that, in fact, people behaved more equitable and charitable in the presence of clean sense. Were you surprised at the results of the study? Well, we went in looking for this particular result because of previous work that we had done that showed that people who have committed sins or have ethical trespasses in their past actually feel physically contaminated. They feel dirty. And when given the opportunity, they'll try and literally cleanse themselves to wash away their sins. And so we had really good evidence from our previous research that people equate cleanliness and morality in this way. And so this is kind of looking at the flip side. Can a cleaner environment produce more ethical behavior? Some cleaning products smell like citrus, like the ones you used, but others smell very differently. Do you think part of it was the citrus effect, or does this translate to pretty much any cleaning product smell? I think that as long as it's a scent that people universally think, oh, clean, clean smell, that it should do the trick because what we're trying to do is just activate the concept of cleanliness mentally, which arises when you're you're surrounded by that smell. We didn't want it to be overpowering. It just took about two spritzes in the room. But with any kind of scent, you can have emotional reactions. And so we measured for emotions and used that as a control in our analysis to make sure that it was the smell of the cleanser, not any residual emotions produced by it that created our effect. What are some of the places or situations that you can picture this effect being used? Could it somehow reduce crime, for example? Well, I think that's a really fascinating question. In Singapore, one of the lowest crime rates in the world, it could be that the reason why crime is practically non-existent there is not just fear of being caned, but also it is an extremely clean environment. So I think when you look at a societal level, the effects of cleanliness in the environment, it raises some really interesting implications. I think that there probably is some truth to the fact that if you get your kids to clean up their room, it might help them clean up their act. Anything else you took away from the study? I'm fascinated by how you can regulate behavior, even just through scents. So we know that there's scents that stimulate appetite, that encourage people to spend money. But who would have thought that you could promote virtue through a smell? 
And this just underscores the fact that there are many ways to encourage good behavior. Economists and psychologists focus on all kinds of incentive systems, surveillance, sanctions. And this just points to the fact that sometimes the solution is very simple, very unobtrusive. Do some people kind of take offense at being manipulated this way? That's a good question. With any kind of intervention that is unconscious, there is always the ethical question. In this case, because it produces the best in people, if you ask whether the ends justify the means, I'm okay with that. If a clean scent helps someone behave more charitably, more equitably, I'm happy to try and encourage more of that personally and at a societal level. Katie Lillianquist, Assistant Professor of Organizational Leadership and Strategy at Brigham Young University's Marriott School of Management. Katie, thanks for joining us on InfoTrack. Thanks so much for having me. And I'm Taryn McCall for InfoTrack. We've reached the end of another InfoTrack radio broadcast. Our show is produced by Syndication Networks in Chicago with Internet services by Pair.com. Our thanks to InfoTrack reporter Roy Mackey. Our executive producer is Randy Meyer. And I'm Chris Whitting. Catch us next time on another edition of InfoTrack.